This is the Impact Church Podcast. Here at Impact, we believe a powerful word at the right time can help you overcome any challenges you are facing. Wherever you are listening or whatever you're going through, we pray this message speaks exactly to your need. Enjoy. But I praise God for you who decided not to turn over. But you decided to come into the house. Praise you the Lord. So we're moving and, and the scripture is right there on your screen. On the same day, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village called Emmaus. It was about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. While they were talking, Jesus approached them and began walking with them. Although they saw him, they didn't recognize him. He asked them, what are you discussing? They stopped and looked very sad. That's going to mean something in a moment. One of them, Cleopas, replied, are you the only one in Jerusalem who doesn't know what has happened recently? What happened? He asked. They said to him, we were discussing what happened to Jesus of Nazareth. He was a powerful prophet in what he did and said in the sight of God and all the people our chief priests and rulers had him condemned to death and crucified. We were hoping, we were hoping, we were hoping. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that for a reason. We were hoping, we were hoping, we were hoping that he was the one who would free Israel. What's more, this is now the third day since everything happened. I have entitled this word, The Power of Hope and the Danger of Losing It. The Power of Hope and the Danger of Losing It. You may be seated in the house. And so, last week you had a powerful, powerful, powerful Resurrection Sunday. And it was powerful. It was great all over the country, all over the world. People who celebrated death, burial, resurrection. He got up. He lives forevermore. And we praise God for all of that. But... When I asked God, I said, God, what is it that you would have me to bring before these people? What is it that you would have me to say? And he said, I want you to talk about giving them hope. And what was so interesting, what was so funny, uh, was that the word hope started coming. I heard it on TV. I saw it in a book. I saw it here. I saw it there. Even this morning, I heard the word hope. And it is so important that we understand hope. So I am going to be talking to you this morning about the power of hope and the danger of losing it. Because our story begins with uh, uh, after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And two disciples, these were not two of the original 12. These were two, of the, these were two who were part of the disciples of the 70. And they were walking and they were talking. And, and Cleopas made a statement. We were hoping that he was the one. He was the one. So... Jesus had been crucified, and the disciples were devastated. They, they, they were just devastated. They had scattered. Their, uh, they were fine as long as Jesus was with them. But the moment now, they felt like their world had been rocked. They, they felt like they, they could not understand what was going on. Uh, uh, the bottom had fallen out, and, 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 and they were like, where are we? What do we do now? In fact, I was going to entitle this, where do we go from here? Because when the bottom falls out and your world is rocked, sometimes you have to figure out, what do I do now? 
because they were ready to throw in the towel. This was not the way it was supposed to go down. No one expected it to turn out this way. One moment he was here, and the next moment he was on the cross. And, 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 and he was supposed to come and deliver them. Uh, there was not supposed to be a cross involved. So in their minds, the cross shattered all of their dreams. In their mind, it canceled every promise that Jesus had ever made. In their mind, it destroyed the vision. And my question to you is, what do you do when you put your eggs in one basket and the basket breaks? What do you do when you are believing God for something and, and, and standing for something, confessing something, declaring? Am I going too fast for you? Declaring something. And all of a sudden, that which you were believing, standing, confessing, uh, 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 the vision you had, the goal you had, the dream you had. What happens when everything turns upside down? God took me to a scripture that David said in Psalm 27, verse 13 to 14. I'm going to read it to you. And for those of you who are taking notes, and I challenge you, because you're in a word church, a teaching ministry, that you come prepared. Uh, people who are serious write things down. Hear me. you got a teacher, an educator. Well, both of them were educators. And they are, in, they, they are committed to empowering you. But I am going to read you the scripture coming from Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14. And those of you who have uh, the ability on your phone or come in the future with pen and paper, write down scriptures so you can go back. But this is what David said. And most of us are very familiar with this particular scripture. David said, I would, and this is the, um, um, the NIV version, I believe. I would have lost hope. I would have lost hope. I would have lost hope unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of, I would have lost hope. Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. David said, I would have thrown in a towel. I would have gone back in the world. I would have gotten high. I would have done what I used to do. Come on, that's Gaither version. Come on. If I did not believe, if I did not have hope that it was not always going to be this way. I'm talking to somebody in this room today. I'm talking to somebody on social media today that right now you are on the verge. You are straddling the fence. Things have not happened the way you thought. 2023 has not been what you thought after 2022, after 2021, after 2020. And you're trying to figure out, God, what is up? Well, I came to tell you that there is power in hope. So what is hope? Hope is an expectation. That's why it's important that you take notes because I need you to remember what I am saying because the goal of the enemy is to get you to the point where you lose your hope. Hope is an expectation. It is a belief in the future. Let me tell you something. If For some of us, and I need you to raise your hand, you want the future not to look like what it is right now. If that's you, raise your hand. You need some change. You need some transformation. You need God to do a, to do a total, total makeover. Come on. And so if you had to wake up, you wake up in the morning believing, is this the day? Is this the time? Is this my breakthrough? Is this my opportunity? Is this when God makes a shift? And if you did not have hope, why would you get up in the morning? If you did not have hope, what is there to get you up and get you motivated to believe God that this is not it? That even though I'm going through, I'm coming out. You've got to see yourself coming out. You cannot see yourself stuck. 
One of the things that Pastor Mona and I know as life coaches is that part of the reason people come to you is because they're stuck. And they want to be able to get from where they are. They're in a rut. Anybody ever been in a rut? Anybody ever been in a place where you, were, you, you, were, you hated your job? I, I remember years and years. Oh, who am I talking to right there? Who, who is saying that right there? Got you. Years and years ago, I remember years and years ago, Sunday was miserable because Monday was coming. That you thank God for an income stream. But God wants you to have more than just an income stream. He wants you to have abundant life on this side. And even when David said, I would have given up if I had not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Some of us still have a mentality that's by and by. Years ago in the old, old church, they used to always think of by and by. But Jesus said abundant life here and now here and now and so hope is an expectation about a future despite your present circumstances now you got to hear me because too many of us we let our present circumstances dictate what God can do we tie the hand of God based upon our present circumstance and then because it's been a length of time did you notice David said wait on the Lord don't get caught up in the fact that you've been waiting for a while. There is a due season. Did you hear me? I, I came to encourage you this morning. So what does Hebrews 11 and 1 say? If you could put that, put that up, I don't know if you can by the Living Bible. I don't know if you can do that or not. But I want you to see what Hebrews 11 and 1 says by the Living Bible. I'm going to read it to you, but I want you to see what it says by the Living Bible. Okay? I want you to see what it says. I don't know if they are able to put that up there or not. Okay. I'm going to read it, and let's just hope they can. Hebrews 11 and 1, Living Bible, for those of you who are taking note, it says this. What is faith? It is the confident assurance, the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. Not might happen, maybe happen. Crossing my fingers that it happen. Confident assurance. That what we want is going to happen. Now listen to this. It is the certainty. So you've got to have a certainty. That what we hope for. Hope for is waiting for us. Even though we cannot see it ahead. The confidence assurance. Confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. Going to happen. I need you to understand that. Notice it's up there now. Thank you. You all are so great. Notice this says that what we want is going to. You've got to have a certainty. I, I didn't introduce my mother um, when I first got up. But mom, I won't ask you to stand. Mom, just hold up the cane. You can stand? You can stand without the cane? That's a confidence assurance. And I say that because last night she fell, I guess it's almost a month now, that she fell and she's not been able to go to church. She fell and she's not been able, mom, mom, uh, next month, well, June, she'll be 88. Mom gets up and walks, mom walks, mom walks. She was a, a, a Planet Fitness person, okay? Yeah, she was a Planet Fitness person and the devil thought he could just take her out. He thought he could just take her out. 
And I said, Mom, and, and uh, uh, women, you would have to understand this. Uh, I said, Mom, nobody's watching you. Pick up that cane. I can't use a cane. I said, Mom, that's not your future. But right now, pick up the cane and let the devil know he can't keep you down. Come on now. Pick up the cane. And if you got to whip it up in his head, you pick up the cane and you keep walking. And so yesterday, uh, I, I said, are you going to try? She said, I'll let you know in the morning. I called her this morning. She said, I'm ready. I said, you go, girl. You go, girl. You pick up that cane. A confident assurance that I'm going to be in church today. That I'm going to be in church. She wasn't in church. Probably the first time in 80 years that she has not been in church on Easter. And I know that bothered her. But she let the devil know, you don't have my future. You don't determine my steps. You don't order me around. And today, she didn't even want to stand up with the cane. She said, I'm standing. And that's what faith is. It's hope. Now, let me just say this, because I want to talk to you about faith and hope. Because it's hope that takes faith to the next level. It's hope that takes faith to the next level. It's hope. And it causes you to believe what you cannot see. So, so let me help you understand. Hope and faith are like grace and mercy. You know, you hear people when they say grace, they always say mercy. You know that. You all didn't say anything. Grace and? Because grace is God giving to you what you don't deserve. And mercy is God not judging you and punishing you for what you do deserve. And so that's why you need to know grace and mercy. But you need to know hope and faith because they operate just like that. They operate just like that, just like grace and mercy. So when you lose your hope, you lose your effect to believe by faith. That's why you have to hold on to your hope, your confidence. Assurance. You've got to have an expectation that even though this is a period in time, this is a season in time, this is a moment in time. Like I told mom, it's not always going to be this way. It's not always going to be this way. Because as I walk every day, I walk every day, and I'm trying, Pastor Mona, maybe I'll get you to go with me. I'm going to do another half marathon in the fall. And I'm, you know, and, and I'm trying to work it up, I'm, you know, up eight miles, and, and I'm going to, you know, keep working so that by the time I do the half marathon, it'll be easy breezy. And I was walking, and I'll let you know when, okay, in the fall. Um, but I was walking yesterday, and I was going to call mom because what the enemy wants is for you to be tormented by what's not right, by what's not, by the time, by, by the fact that she said, I've been in, I can't go out, I've not been able to do, I've not been able to get up uh, at the pain, the this or that. And I wanted her to get a vision of herself back out there walking. I needed her to get a vision of herself back out there doing what she was doing before. And that's what you have to do when you have hope. You've got to have a vision that even though this is a moment in time, this is a period of time, this is just a season, it's not always going to be like this. Somebody say amen. So I, I want to give you an example of what I mean when I say the connection. We said uh, uh, grace and mercy, hope and, <clears throat> and, and faith. But you've, all, you've heard the saying that the joy of the Lord, not the saying, it's true. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You've heard that? Anybody never heard that, that the joy of the Lord is your strength? You've never heard that? Well, today, my sister, I need you to say it with me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So joy plus the Lord equals your strength. Say it. Joy plus the Lord equals my strength. So if the enemy wanted to steal your joy, all he had to do was come after your strength. 
Because if the joy of the Lord is your strength, if he steals your joy, he has your strength. They go together. That's why praise and worship is so important. That is why, because if the joy of the Lord is your strength, the moment that you're, that's why happiness cannot hold you. Happiness changes from day to day. Happiness can be based upon your situation and circumstance, but joy is based upon the presence of God and your relationship with the Lord. That's why joy is so important. That's where you get your strength. I wake up with praise music. I'm walking with praise music because I've got to keep my joy. That's popping pills. I, I take supplements like you wouldn't believe. But that's not my strength. It's joy of the Lord. So when I started doing the research on hope, I found out that there is secular hope and then there is biblical hope. Secular hope will base things on a person. It, it's, it's positive thinking, and you need to speak positively, but your positively comes from the word of God. But in secular hope, it's speaking positive thinking, it's optimistic thinking, it's believing in yourself, and all of that is true. You have got to believe in yourself, but that can't be your foundation because you are crazy. I'm crazy. And based upon the situation, sometimes I say, I don't even believe I did that. What was I thinking? Because if I'm going to go by what I believe and I'm the foundation, it's going to be cracked from the beginning. And that's secular hope. Believe in yourself. You, but you need to. But my believing in myself is believing in the Holy Spirit who's on the inside of me. That I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That the greater lives on the inside of me and I can do all things through See, that is biblical hope. So biblical hope is based and rooted in the fact that God never fails and his word never fails. And you want biblical hope, not secular hope. And that's the difference between somebody who is born again and somebody who doesn't know him. Somebody say amen. So I want to read you these two scriptures. I'm not going to ask them to find them. But for those of you who are taking notes, write down Psalm 25, verse number 5. This is the NIV version. Psalm 25, verse number 5. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. For you are God, my Savior. See, that's not secular. That's not secular hope. For you are God. I let the devil know my hope is in God, my Savior. Once I made him my savior, it was a done deal. My hope is in God, my savior, because in any given time, I could have a meltdown, and so can you. So if my hope is in me standing strong, it's not going to happen. That's what I need you to know. And you coming here on Sunday, and the devil said, you could have turned over in bed. Yeah, you could have. And even those of you on way of social media, you're up, you're listening. And the enemy wants you to find something else to do because he knows that the transformation of your mind, the transformation, getting the word on the inside of you will give you a hope that you will be able to stand in the midst of whatever circumstance, whatever storm, whatever crisis, whatever wilderness. Come on now. Second scripture is Psalm 119, verses 114. Psalm 119, verses 114, and this is the NIV version also. You are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope 
in your word. You are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word, which means I've got to know the word in order to put my hope in it. That is why you're here. You, can't, you must keep the word ever before you. The word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. The word, it brings transformation and illumination. The word is what's going to deliver you. The word is what's going to heal you. And so when you understand that you need to have word coming in and word coming out, word coming in and word coming out, word coming in and word coming out. So what do I need you to understand? The disciples thought it was over, and they were ready to throw in the towel. Somebody say, show it to me. I am just about to show it to you. In John, the 21st chapter, verse number 3 to 5, I don't know if you can put that up, King, New King James Version, if you can. Can you put it up for me? If not, it's okay, because I'm keeping you busy. John, 21st chapter, verse 3 to 5, New King James Version. I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to show you. They're ready to give up. They're ready to give up. They walk with Jesus. Three and a half years. But all of a sudden, they're ready to give up. And I'm about to show it to you. John, the 21st chapter, verses 3 to 5, New King James Version. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going with you. I'm going back fishing. And we're going with you. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. Let me tell you what happens. See, when you lose, now this is a something I need everybody in here to listen to me and to remember. When you lose your hope, you lose your vision. That's why hope is so important. Because when you lose hope, you lose your vision. Peter said, I'm going back to do what I used to do. When Jesus found him, he was fishing. And now that Jesus had died, and uh, he said, I'm going back to what I used to do. Let me tell you something. You can go back and get high. Oh, you got quiet. Let me stay here for a moment. You can go back when trauma comes, when crisis comes, when things happen that rock your world. You will go back to doing what you used to do because you need something to help your nerves. And if it's getting high, if it's getting drunk, if it's doing whatever. Oh, you really got quiet. Pastor Mona, I'm going to stay here. Peter, the one in the inner circle. Peter who said, you're the Christ. And Jesus said, on your word, your revelation, I'm going to build my church. The same Peter. The same Peter who was in the inner circle. The same Peter who cut off the, serve, the, the ear of the soldier. The same Peter who said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. I'll, I'll go with you. I'll die for you. The same Peter said, you know what? I'm going back fishing. I'm going back to my old career. And when things don't turn out the way we want, a lot of times you have friends. They gave their heart to God. They gave their hand to a pastor and they went back. You know people who went back. You know people who are no longer in church. You know people who are no longer in Christ. You know people who when life happened and they got disappointed and things happened in their life, they went back. Now, the sad part is, and the scary part is, is that the other disciples, this is where influence comes. 
This is why everybody can't be a leader. Because leadership is influence. And when Peter said, I'm going back, they said, we're going with you. You got a backslide? We got a backslide. Isn't that what it says? I'm going fishing. And they said, we're going with you. We're going to go back to getting high. We're going to go back to running women. We're going to go back to find a, a, a sugar daddy or whatever you want to call him. We're going to go back to doing this and doing that and doing the other. Why? Because what we wanted, what we thought didn't happen. That's why hope is so important and the danger of losing it. Now, you may try something new. And what Jesus said was, he said, did you catch anything? Because when you go back to doing what you used to do, you will not be effective. They said, no. Now, these were fishermen. These were fishermen. They said, no, we didn't catch anything. That's because when you go back to doors that got closed, you will not be happy. You will not be successful. You will not be peaceful. God will make sure that you will have restless nights, that you will not be able to. I, and I pray that way. Give them no rest. Give them no peace. Give them no joy till they get back in the race, back in the game. God never intended for you to go back. So I want to give you three things that hope does, and I'm finished. Number one, hope produces faith for the future. Hope produces faith for the future. Jeremiah 29 and 11, you know this scripture, NIV version. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So faith produces, or hope produces faith for the future. Faith for the future so that you can look beyond how you feel, what it looks like, what you see, what's going on on TV. And please, please do not let social media rock your world. Don't let the opinions and the things you see become your reality. When you lose hope, it's easier to walk away. When you lose hope, it's easier to walk away. Let me give you a scripture for that. Judges 6, verse 66 to 68. Judges 6, verse 66 to 68. Oh, look at that. Thank you for putting that up there. Okay, so I'm going to read this to you. Some of you may have never heard this scripture before. Because it's easy to walk away when you lose your vision for the future. Jesus' speech made many of his disciples go back to the lives they had led before they followed Jesus. This is John 6, verse 66 to 68. Jesus' speech made many of his disciples go back to the lives that they had led before they followed Jesus. So Jesus asked the 12 apostles, which were the 12 disciples at the time, do you want to leave me too? Simon Peter, the same Simon that went back, said, this is what he said when there was no pressure. This is what he said because Jesus was still with him. This is what he said because he was part of the entourage. This is what he says, Lord, to what person could we go? Your words give eternal life. Those same words, I'm going fishing. Where can we go? Where are we going to go back to? You got the word. All of a sudden now, I'm going back fishing. Number two, hope strengthens you with power to endure. Hope strengthens you. It strengthens you with power to endure. I'm going to give you uh, Isaiah, the 40th chapter, verse number 31. Isaiah, the 40th chapter, verse number 31. This is the NIV version. You're familiar with this scripture. When I start it, you'll be able to 
Repeat it after me. Isaiah 40th chapter, verse number 31. This is the NIV version. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their Some of you know it. The rest of you need to have a homework assignment. That's your homework assignment. For those who hope in the Lord shall renew their They shall, and now King James says, mount up. But NIV says they will soar, soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. They will soar. They will soar. They'll soar above their circumstances. The, Bi- the, the, the Bible doesn't say this, but eagles, if you study an eagle, they never run away from a storm. They use the storm to run into it, and it gives them the ability to go above it. And when you understand that hope will give you a, 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 a strength to be able to endure whatever it is that you have to go through, uh, whatever it is that's coming against you, coming against your children, coming against your family, coming against your health, uh, coming to steal your dreams, uh, coming to steal your, go- go- your goals, you'll be able to rise above it. The evil reports, the broken heart, the, the, the disappointments and, and the crisis. Psalm 31 verse 24, write it down. Because when you lose hope, discouragement comes. Psalm 31, verse 24. Be strong, all who wait with hope for the Lord. And let your hearts be courageous. Let your hearts be courageous. Number three, and my final point before I leave you with some things that I think will give you the hope you need. Number three, hope gives you power to praise God regardless of your situation or your circumstances. Hope gives you the power to praise God regardless to your situation or circumstances. Hope does that. Because in the natural, there have been times with tears in my eyes that I've had to lift up my hands because I want the devil to know I'm not dead. You may, have not, you may have thought you knocked the wind out of me, but I am going to rebound and recover. Somebody needs to know how to rebound and recover. Rebound and recover. How to rebound and recover. Come on now. So Psalms 42, verse 5, the God's Word translation. This is my last point. Psalms 42, verse 5, God's Word translation. Why are you discouraged, my soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. Your mind, your will, and your emotion. That's what the enemy comes after. Why are you so restless? Put your hope in God. Because I will still praise him. He's my savior and my God. I will still, I will still, which means I'm going to still praise him even when my heart's breaking, even when I'm discouraged, even when I look in the bank and there's not the money, even when I don't know how this is going to turn out, even when it's not, and I prayed and I stood and I confessed and I decreed, I will yet praise him. I will still praise him. I will call upon the God who is a rock of my salvation. Psalm 71 verse 14, NIV version. Psalm 71 verse 14. But as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. In other words, the harder it looks, the more dismal it looks, the more I'm going to praise you. Because praise is a weapon of my warfare. Praise is a weapon of my warfare. Oh, you've got to know how to praise them in the good times and in the bad times and the challenging times. So what I want to do as I close, and if you're ready for my PowerPoint, I want to give you... The names of God that will give you hope. 
the names of God. And I put it on a PowerPoint because some of you are familiar with them and some of you are not. These are the names of God that will give you hope. I want to talk about El Elyon, the most high God. He's the one who's in control of everything. When you start praying, God, I believe you for El Elyon. You are the one who's in control. The devil does not hold my future. That's how you have to pray, El Elyon. I put it up there because I need you to know how to spell it. But he is El Elyon. These are the names of God, the characteristics of God, who God is. El Elyon. The most high God in control of everything. The devil is not in control. And you need to understand that so that you don't give him too much power. Never let the devil have more power. He is, come on, he is El Roy. He is the God who sees. And he can see. He's, he's, he's omnipresent everywhere. He is the God who sees. And when you say, Father God, I believe that you are El, El, you, you are El Roy. You are the God who sees my search of situation. You are omnipresent. You are every place. You are omnipresent. You need to know that God is not caught by surprise. He knows where you are. And in due season, he is going to bring you out. You are El Shaddai, the almighty God. Come on. Most of us know him as the almighty almighty God, the all-sufficient God. So when I am in need, I do not have to worry because he is going to supply every need. I walk under an open heaven. I, am, I have uncommon and supernatural, uncommon favor. You've got to be able to pray that way. He is Adonai. He is the Lord God Almighty, and he can do anything but fail. So when you call upon him as Lord Adonai, you are Adonai. You are the Lord God who can do anything but fail. He is Jehovah Shalom, and that's because he's going to keep you in perfect peace because you keep your mind stayed on him. He is Jehovah Shiloh and this is the hope you have. Peace be still in the name of Jesus. He is Jehovah Jireh because he's the God who will provide. He's going to provide when nobody else can provide. He's going to open up a door when there needs to be a door and if he doesn't open up a door he'll open up a window but he's going to make sure that he is your provider, your sustainer and your keeper. He's the rock of your salvation, your fortress, your God is in him that you you trust her. He is Jehovah Rapha, the God, your healer. And by his stripes and by his blood, you are healed. So you speak to your body and you command it to line up with the finished works of Christ. I speak to my body every day for the areas that right now the devil seems to think you got the victory. But I speak to the joints, the ligaments, the tendons, the muscles. I speak to everything out of alignment. I command it to line up in the finished works of Jesus Christ. He is Jehovah Rapha. God of my healer. He is Jehovah Nisi, the banner. And the banner over me is victory. You've got to have a banner over you. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror because he is Jehovah Nisi. And the banner over me is victory. He is, come on now, Jehovah Mekadashem, the Lord who sanctifies. And even when it looks like I've got some rough days and I miss it and I fall short, He's the one who sanctifies me. He's the one who separated me. He's the one who set me apart. You've got to know that you've been set apart for the kingdom of God. He is Jehovah. Sabarah, the Lord of hosts. And that means he's full of power. That means he's got angels encamped about you. When you call him Jehovah Sabarah, that means angels come to your defense. That means he's got a host of angels that will come and rescue you. You've got to know that. He is Jehovah Roha, the Lord your shepherd, and you shall not want for any good thing. You may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but you will fear no evil because the Lord is leading you. He is Jehovah Sid Canoe, the God of your righteousness. And because I know that if I confess my sins, 1 John 1 and 9, he is faithful to forgive me of my sins because we sin. 
We fall short. And the devil wants you to think that you're not saved. But when you know that he is your righteousness and not you yourself. And finally, he is Jehovah Shema. The Lord who is always with you. Always with you. In the midnight hour. When you have tears in your eyes. When you don't understand. And you're lonely. And you don't know why God. And how God, when you're riding down 285 or I-20, when you're looking and feeling like nobody cares and there's nobody that you can turn to, Jehovah, come on, Shema, he is always there. Always there. I've given you enough names of God so that you will have hope. Hope for the future. Hope for your situation. Hope for your circumstance. Stand to your feet. I want you to get something in your mind that you're hoping for, something that you're believing for, something that you've asked God for, something that you've been believing and asking and confessing and declaring and, and even whining. But I don't want you to whine anymore. I want you to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I want you to have hope and expectation. Get it in your mind. Get it in your heart. Heavenly Father, today, we would have given up if we did not believe, if we did not have hope. That you were the God, the God of a breakthrough, the God of deliverance, the God of healing, the God of restoration, the God who brings us up over and through. You know what we're, deliver what we're desiring. You know the hope that we're standing on. And God, I thank you today that your word doesn't lie, fail, or return void, and you watch over your word. And so God, meet each and every person at their point of need in this place and by social media. Help us, God, to stand on your word, to believe you in spite of what it looks like, what we feel, and what has happened in the past. Help us to stand on your word and know without a shadow of a doubt that you are the great I am, greater than any circumstance and situation. We stand on your word. We declare and decree that you are. And that you're making a way. We hope, expectation for the future. Standing on your word will not be moved like trees planted by the rivers of water that will bring forth fruit in our seeds and our leaves will not wither. Whatsoever we do will prosper. We're standing on the promises of God. And we're thanking you, Father, for this word that we're going to hide in our heart that we will not sin. This word is going to take root in us and that in the end, God, we will see the expectation turn into a manifestation, a reality because of who you are. The faithful I am in Jesus' name.